living a wellness lifestyle, what could it do for you? Join us today on the Wellness Lounge a step further and see how our guests and direction can inspire you to self-empowerment through a wellness lifestyle. Now, here is the host of the Wellness Lounge a step further, Desiree Watson. Hello, thanks for joining us again. We have a very exciting show today because (laughs) we're women and we get to speak about women today. We have the fabulous, fabulous Dr. Pride Boone, who you all may be um, familiar with because uh, we've had her on the show before and we're always excited about the little nuggets that Dr. Pride Boone gives us uh, to take away. But before I get to that, or to her, to introduce her again. I just want to share a little information about who we are. We're Wellness Interactive, and uh, our signature brand is the Wellness Lounge. The Wellness Lounge is located in South Orange, New Jersey, and what we like to believe and think is that we take it a step further. And so we uh, bring guests on that are doing wonderful things in the world, wonderful things in the world, and they may live right next door to you, and you have no idea how they're engaging with uh, their blueprint of success and making us all, hmm, I'd like to believe that, uh, you know, they're making us all relevant as we stay consistent with uh, doing good. Okay, so... Uh, before we get to Dr. Pride Boone, I just want you all to know that you can tweet if you like. Our uh, well, handle is wellness, uh, I-N-T, hashtag, uh, and Facebook is wellness, I-N-T, and uh, we're on Pinterest and Instagram, but please uh, give us a, a shout-out, a voice at any time to just uh, let us know you're listening in. So on that note, I do know people are listening in around the world, and I just want to say thank you again to Germany, France, China, Thailand, Spain, Canada. Uh, I can go on, and if I don't get you this, <laughs> this week, I'll get you next week. So thanks again. I'm very humbled by the fact that you all are listening in. So on that note, um, our uh, guest today, uh, as mentioned before, is uh, Dr. Pride Boone, um, Dr. Janice Pride Boone. Dr. Janice Pride Boone uh, is a Harvard grad, and uh, she works with uh, many families. I'm taking my time with this because Dr. Pride Boone is not your traditional doctor. She is obviously engaged in medicine, but she is so wonderful and fabulous that she went on to get a degree in, uh, well, certified in marriage and family therapy. So she supports families. She nurtures families. She's lived in 10 cities and five states and Oh, can't wait to hear all of this uh, exciting you know, information she can share with us about women. She completed her residency at Johns Hopkins Hospital and Georgetown University Hospital, president, also president of family-focused pediatrics. Dr. Pride Boone leads research projects on childhood obesity and spirituality. 
In addition, uh, she has conducted weight management courses at churches in her community. She compiled a community-based, low-cost, comprehensive program for families at risk. She has been in practice for over 25 years and has worked in several states, including uh, Louisiana, Nevada, and Tennessee, but she's going to tell us more about that. I like to view Dr. Pry Boone as uh, representing women. She's on the, in the forefront, and she's a foot soldier for families and women. So welcome. Welcome, Dr. Pry Boone. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm happy to join you. You have a great platform, and you do a lot of great work, so I'm always happy to support you and be with you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm always humbled that you're here and you say such great things because you don't need to be here. You're, you're out there doing the work that so many other women uh, can be doing, I, I want to say, um, but we'll get to that in a moment. So, um, uh, Dr. Uh, Pride Boone, um, I, I want to talk about you for a moment. I want to uh, talk about you as a woman to have our listeners uh, understand what your blueprint looks like when you navigated this whole experience into being this this great professional, a mom, uh, you know, giving back a community icon. I want to say that because you've been doing this for many years, and I, I know that um, you're so humbled where – uh, even though people can Google you, they can find all the great things you're doing, but uh, you're, you're not necessarily out there screaming about all the great work. So it does take uh, uh, a show or an interview like this to let people know uh, who you are and what you're doing. So tell us how you got to this point where, okay, you're a Harvard grad, you're a pediatrician, family, uh, certified uh, family therapist, you're nurturing uh, families, women. How were you as a, a young child? Were you this confident as a young girl? Uh, no, I, I was raised um, poor as a child in Brooklyn, New York, and um, I was always uh, intrigued by uh, double standards because um, we had integrated the schools in Brooklyn. There was a real... Um, problem with diversity as it was across the country, and um, we traveled, and we uh, went through several neighborhoods to get to my school, and I noticed, of course, the income disparities and the food disparities, and um, there were certainly different um, types of foods in different neighborhoods, and um, in, in poor neighborhoods, um, there was just certainly, I could see uh, uh, the types of foods, canned foods as opposed to fresh foods, and then... Once I graduated, I made a commitment that I would do something different, that I wanted to be able to deliver good care. Because certainly, as a child, I could see a disparity between the waiting rooms, um, the health care that was delivered, and I committed early um, to do something different to make a difference to make in a my difference. community, that I would come back and do something that we wouldn't be in emergency rooms seeking care. Uh, it wouldn't be two and three hours. I had asthma as a child. I didn't know what it was, but I knew I was sick a lot. And I wanted to make sure that my mother wouldn't have to be in an ER for three to four hours, making sure I could breathe. Um, and I committed that all children, regardless of color or income, could get good care. And I just kept that commitment alive until I could get back into to something different. You certainly have. You, you, you kept that commitment alive, and you work with women and their families. So... 
Is that challenging at times when you think about um, being that young kid and, and just uh, making a commitment to yourself that you're going to make a difference in, uh, you know, in health and in wellness, uh, but when you're actually doing the work, you're, you're really, you're, you're on the, the front line, you're doing the work, do you find that uh, it's a lot more challenging than the vision that you had as a young child. Yes, because um, you know, I, this as you know is is March. This is uh, Women's History Month, mm-hmm. and and I think back to some of our, our groundbreaking women, and I, I think about Harriet Tubman, who you know, you know, was a, was such a trailblazer. I mean, she was born in poverty and shame. I mean, this is a woman who was put to work at the age of five, who was knocked in her head with a piece of lead pipe at five. I mean, she was born shameful and uh, black and poor and, and on her own made 19 trips back. Uh, and she was an uh, army nurse, was never paid appropriately. We still aren't paid appropriately. There's still that disparity in race and, and gender and pay. And, and she didn't have to join an organization to get it done. She got it done independently. But I, as a woman in circa 2015, know that in order for me to get more done, I need to be in a collection of women and men getting work done. If I want to do it well, I, I can't be single-handed. And so there's some things I can do alone, like a Harriet Tubman, but there's some things I need to do to get collectively, like a, a Hillary Clinton, like a Michelle Obama. I mean, she, Michelle Obama's been able to do wonderful work. Let's move if you do it collectively. But as women and as people, we have to be careful that we're not being counters, that we don't get lost in the stuff and the minutiae. And so when you work collectively, you, you have to deal with the, the, the bean counting and the minutiae and, and the dotting the I's and crossing the T, which is important work, but sometimes we get bogged down in the tiny things and we miss the, mi- the, the mission. And so, you know, we think of the Intisaka Shanghais who, you know, when, when, when the rainbow isn't enough and you, you really have to keep your eye on justice and prove justice and the importance of your work and, and not again in that collective work and that collective spirit, which is so important. We don't. Right. So the, t- today's show is, is about celebrating Women's Month, how to fight the big battle, let big it battle go, and not get let it go. So let's speak about that for a moment, because you just spoke about these amazing icons and pioneers where um, their legacy, oh my gosh, it's, it's just incredible. How do we... Um, actually uh, let it go, because these women, are they fought the battle and they continue to fight the battle. So the small beans, if women, uh, any of you that are listening now, if, uh, if you're in that small bean category, and maybe you can elaborate more on it, Dr. Fry Boone, if you're in that small bean category, let it go, but I want to speak to you about how to do that. How, give us an example of what a small bean category is, because you've, you've already spoke about this dynamic uh, big fight, fight the big battle. So how can you do that if you're uh, just addressing things that just are, are not important? And like some organizations will have you prove the number of hours that you've donated times, I, I would say, you know, a good organization would say, you self-report that information. You know, an organization that is about getting work done trusts its women to get its work done, and you self-report that kind of information. So, you want to pick and choose organizations that 
that trusts women to get the work done. And, you know, you, you look carefully at its leadership and what it's about, and then it keeps its eye on its ball. And, um, you know, that, that it's trustworthy, and it trusts women. You trust what your eyes tell you, that if you, you, you know it's tree by its fruit, and you know what it bears. And if that tree is bearing fruit, and then you know it. That organization is a good organization, and you watch every year and every month what it brings forth. Then you know it's it's a place you want to be, and you want to join up with women who are getting the job done. And you watch how it treats its members. If if its members are talking about each other and they're hurting each other and they're stabbing each other in the back, that's not where you want to be because how you treat each other is a reflection how you're going to treat other people. And if it's right, right, right. because you mentioned. Uh, one uh, one thing you mentioned, uh, these other amazing icons, uh, they were doing just independent work. You know, when you look at Harriet Tubman, she didn't have a force or an organization behind her right. to support her. So now, you know, in 2015, we have all these organizations. But to your point, you really have to do your homework as to which organization you want to be a part of because, yes, there are women unfortunately, that are not embracing other women right. in a positive right. way. You know, and it, watch, it's, you know, more, it's of a, more than 50% uh, of what they're collecting is going back in their pockets and, you know, this is a scam or too, many, too much of the overhead is going into administrative costs and, you know, is this, is this organization about itself and taking care of its members or is it about serving the cause to which you're joining? So you really have to do your homework and look at where look, they have to open their books and show you where the money's going, follow the money, and follow how they take care of each other. And they're, they're about nurturing each other and, and, and really about, what you know, like baby to baby where they're really getting those diapers out to families who really need them. So, you know, really following organizations that really walk their their mm-hmm. talks and that are sincerely doing the work that they're they say they're aligned to do. So, you know, I think there's just still a lot, obviously there are a lot of great women and a lot of great organizations and, and we push forward but we still have a long way to go. But I try to align myself and remember that there are single individuals who can get a lot of work done, but I know collectively we can do a lot more work. We can do more. more. So there are a number of women that will stay away from organizations for the very uh Facts, or some of the facts that you just uh, mentioned, if uh, they're not strong or, or they could be strong, but strong in the wrong way. So what do you say to women that are in search of uh, supporting organizations? They may not want to join, but they want to support these organizations because there is, of course, some, you know, the volunteer effort from a distance and, and certainly uh, donations. You can, you can do all of that. What do you say to women that are really nervous about jumping in, rolling up their sleeves, and working with other women within these organizations because their thinking is that they're all the same? You know, I would say, um, you know, get to know some of the women personally, you know, just uh, and pick a project. At, you know, and I think they're, they're correct to be cautious. And I, I would honor that intuition. You know, you need to be cautious and then pick a project rather than join the organization outright. You know, maybe pick a project that is really aligned with your heart or what's important to you and then work on that specific project and get to know one or two people who are involved in that specific project and then really see how they, how they manage that project and um, how they take care of each other as they move that project forward. Do you think this is something we need as women to be grounded, to associate ourselves with 
other women and supporting them and organizations? Is this something that uh, has a, a, a value to uh, nurturing who we are as women? I think there are a lot of studies that show that women, as opposed to men, tend to do collective work naturally, you know, in terms of archaeologists and, and anthropologists that have studied families and, and groups and, and, and groups of societies. Women tend to bring communities together to keep families together. We tend to do work. We look out for the team, for the group, for the family. Men tend to be individualistic. They look out for their families. We tend to look out for the tribe. So, and, 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 and not, and not, oh my gosh. I think who we are. That's not, of course, across the board. You know, there are going to be women who don't do that, who just look out for Right. Yes, family. that's obvious. Yeah. But, you know, for all comers in general, women tend to do collect. That's why women tend to run churches and run organizations and nonprofits because we tend to, we tend to look for the whole group, that whole tribe. We move that whole tribe forward. And we tend to be the gel and the organizers and tend to get things done in a collective, large way. So many women will tend to, to cluster and get things done and move the group forward. And um, so many of us find ourselves in places where we tend to work together as teams. So we tend to make very good team members because we know how to give. We don't always go for the glory. We're not the one looking for the A. We tend to step back and do the grunt work and get it done. So... You know, that's just apparently what we tend, many of us tend to do. And not always, because there are your Harriet Tubmans and there are your Antisanti Shangas, your individualistic kind of women who, and that's who they are. And, and thank God we have some of those. Who tend right. To get, get thank God. Get done. And that's good. So, but by and large, we tend to be group, group oriented and team oriented. And that's really good too, because that's how things move forward. So you need both. And, you know, and, and, and um, it's so interesting you mentioned team-oriented because uh, there were studies done, uh, uh, and, and, of course, I, I read this many years ago, and probably in college, <laughs> um, where women who uh, played sports, you know, because you have to have a, a team effort to, to play sports, some type of team effort to play sports, they are uh, some of the top uh, female executives. Um, they go on to be some of the top female executives because of teamwork. So then when you're looking at, you know, organizations and, and uh, nonprofit organizations, corporations, it, it still, I guess, is uh, relevant for that, you know, team, right. teamwork. Right. Team, I, I so get that. It's, it's amazing because um, when you're within the group and what you spoke about, the whole team effort, we get it done – I think uh, there's always, as, as with many things, one or two people that are, are going to spoil the pot in a sense. How do you uh, keep moving forward when the small beans occur? occur? The small and sometimes, beans. Sometimes people, they definitely do drop out. I mean, sometimes you can't tolerate the bean counting. You know, I, I need you to dot this I and cross this T, and but the bottom line is the outcome. You, we got this done, and I couldn't cross this T and dot this I. You know, we're busy women. We have jobs. We're raising kids. We have lots to do, and you know, I couldn't get all this done and have a great outcome. And then, then you have attrition. You lose people because of this, uh, you know, the minutiae, the bean counting, and and backstabbing, and some of the ugly things that can come out of organizational work. Um, I think, you know, in the old, maybe 20 years ago when people uh, weren't having to tweet, email, Instagram, have a family, work full-time, there just isn't enough time in a day. So 
there is attrition and there is resentment because it's it's, a, it's demanding and people are on 24 hours a day. I don't have to tell you the the rates of sleeplessness among women and among adults is huge. Um, there's just just a huge um, draw on people's time, and so um, yeah. What's it, what's it always, always expected though is that we as women would jump right into. Um, uh, I, th- this whole circle of life and, and continue uh, to work 24-7, 24 hours, seven days a week. I mean, I find that that's where we are. You, you know, what you just mentioned, it's the constant. And because we are great nurturers and, you know, we, we're keeping the team together, we're nurturing communities, families, that somehow we may not, uh, we, we, we did not figure out as of yet how to manage all of this? We we're not um, we're not embracing this amazing uh, aha moment, you know, uh, that uh, we're like our our parents. Uh, they were stay at home moms. They were, and we do still have some now. But like our parents and grandparents, most of them, the moms were. You know, stay at home, and and women were, um, you know, pretty much oppressed. But now we're out, and somehow we're not managing this big picture. Right, it's huge, right? and so it's huge. Um, but let's let's stay with it just for a moment because I think I um, let, let's discuss it when we come back. We're going to break for a commercial, and uh, can't wait to hear you give us a little nuggets on how to really manage this, this huge picture because you lived in 10 cities and five states and you are nurturing families. You know so many women and you've worked with so many uh, various communities throughout the country. And I'm hoping that we're not all in the midst of uh, not figuring this out, how to, how to not work 24-7. You know, I, I hope we're, we're just... I, I say this because we're, we're just on and on and on, and, and, and we've got to break at some point and become great managers of all of all that we're doing. So we'll break for a commercial. We're speaking with Dr. Pride Boone, and she's enlightening us on uh, how to let it go, how to embrace greatness and then let it go. Thank you for joining us. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you ready for a health, life, and empowerment show in one? Then be sure to listen every week for Living Well with Ann Beal. Ann takes her long-running TV show to the Internet Talk Radio Airwaves with guest experts and insight designed to help you live a healthy and successful life. By hearing from the experts and those who have found success, our goal is that you too will be motivated to do the same. Living Well with Ann Beal can be heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's time to take a fresh look at your life, but where do you start? Your world has thousands of possibilities that are waiting to be explored. Find out how you can discover your possibilities by tuning in to Fresh Start with Sue Williams Braun. Midlife is a turning point in your journey. It's a time to take off the blinders and find what has meaning for you. Our guests include experts and inspiring people who are making their middle years count and will inspire you to do the same. 
Fresh Start airs live Fridays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. It's time to take a fresh look at your life. But where do you start? Your world has thousands of possibilities that are waiting to be explored. Find out how you can discover your possibilities by tuning in to Fresh Start with Sue Williams Braun. Midlife is a turning point in your journey. It's a time to take off the blinders and find what has meaning for you. Our guests include experts and inspiring people who are making their middle years count and will Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You're tuned in to the Wellness Lounge a step further with host Desiree Watson. To find out more about our programs, please visit our website at www.wellnessinteractive.com. That's wellnessinteractive.com. Now, back to the show. Thanks for joining us again. We're speaking with Dr. Pride Boone. Dr. Pride Boone is uh, enlightening us on uh, the amazing uh, women, and it, of course, it's, it, we're celebrating Women's Month, so amazing women like ourselves on how to fight the big battle and, you know, let it go. Let let the small beans go. You know, we, we need to fight the big battle, and we're so um, happy to have her here with us because uh, Dr. Pride Boone uh, is not only an amazing professional, but uh, she continues to do great work within all of our communities. Uh, she's lived in 10 cities and five states. So we were just speaking about that, Dr. Pride Boone. Um, you know, enlighten us on, on how that actually feels because you're going to uh, communities that are very diverse, very diverse, uh, I'm sure. Um, and if you like, can you um, just um, uh, share with us uh, maybe a, a city that was uh, a little challenging uh, where, where women are concerned and then maybe uh, a community in another city that was empowering? Uh, I would love to, you know, just hear the difference in all of that or if there was one. Um, I think um, shared visions, I think really just um, really reminding people of that shared vision, really tapping into um, what reminding people that our goals are the same and not um, being intrusive, not trying to walk in and and people are very careful about power and territory and um, being in alignment, being clear um, that we're in this together and for me, bringing whatever skill sets I bring to the table, for me, it would be a physician that here's what I can bring, which is um, medical, uh, my ability to see the patients and um, provide the skills in terms of managing them medically, um, therapeutically, and being able to bring that alignment to help the community become healthier and um, allowing people to, to bring to the table their skill sets and then allowing them to work and, and to meet that vision together. I think people are threatened if you come in and I've got the solution, you have, you have to evolve that solution together. We, we, we collectively identify the problem 
and then collectively design a program that works together. Um, and, and it doesn't matter, um, I think what, what I'm hearing is that it doesn't matter which community you're, you're in or what city, what state, uh, you, you go in and you, you build and work with that community. It doesn't matter if uh, they're different or diverse, but uh, the vision is uh, you're, you're working alongside of them as opposed to coming in and telling them exactly what they should be doing. Right. And so, you know, here's what, I, here's what I'm observing. Here's the data that I see. Oh, are you seeing this too? Oh, yeah, we definitely have a problem. with Usually for me, it's obesity. Yep. Yes, Dr. Moon. Yes, we please, please help our children. Here's what my experience has been up till now. Has your experience been this? These are the things, these are the factors that I found in other communities, just this case here. And what are, what other new factors don't I see? Or don't I know about here? Are there other things that are impacting you guys here? And these are the things that have worked in other communities. What do you think might work here? And what, what do we need to do here, do you think? And so everyone's at the table, all hands on deck. Are women actually uh, inspired to do more? Yes, so the families are empowered because they're the ones who have to get the grocery stores to, to provide the correct foods, the better foods. They're the ones who have to go to bodegas and get the fresh food in the bodegas. So they're the ones who have to get the, the people to provide milk that is not contaminated with growth hormones and pesticides. So they're the pe- families have to be the ones knocking on the door to provide healthier foods to get Walmart to make the changes that Walmart needs to make. So unless the families are demanding it, it's not going to happen. So well, can you give us an example of uh, uh, a woman who is nurturing uh, all this, uh, well, pretty much uh, uh, some of the things you mentioned, nurturing her family in uh, a positive way uh, across the board, you know, through uh, we all need great food, but nurturing her family where the outcome is uh, being grounded, the, the, the women in her family, uh, because it is Women's Month, I want to stay with that for a minute, where the women in her family, the girls in her family who will grow up to be women, are really taking the mom's lead. Can you give us an example of how uh, this mom should, uh, you know, have a vision for her family and being grounded? Uh, what does that look like? So outside the, of, uh, the, of so food, the, big, uh, the, big, the bigger the, picture, yeah, what does that biggest, look like when you're really nurturing a family? The biggest fight is she's got to take the family. cell phones out at night. She's got to collect up all the cell phones. So she's like, okay, give me the cell phones. So she has to take, because the, the studies show that if you have a cell phone in your bedroom and a TV in your bedroom, you're not going to sleep and you're going to gain weight. So you have to collect the hardest part is she's got to collect cell phones and the laptops at night. That's the biggest battle. And TV's got to come out the bedroom. So she's got to collect all the electronics at night and lock them down. So she's, a, she's a public enemy number one. <laughs> <laughs> she's got to collect all the electronics and then collect all the electronics. Collect shop all the electronics. healthy. And she's um, She's now the worst. Some other things. Not, she is not the BFF in the house anymore. And uh, and you and don't want got, to be. You don't want to be the. No, she's the no longer the best child friend. Best friend, right? So, and then she's got to change how she shops. There's no more sodas in the house. There's no junk food in the house. She's got to. Then she's got to. Convinced the local grocer that he's got to carry foods that does no longer have high fructose corn syrup, doesn't have processed foods, 
The meats have to be healthier. The dairy has to be healthier. She needs more fresh food, especially if she lives in a poor neighborhood where there may not be a grocery store. So then the bodega or the corner store has to have healthier foods. So she's got a ton of work, and she may be working one or two jobs and not getting paid well. That goes back to being paid equitably as a woman. So if she's poor, and hopefully she has a support person to help her, a grandparent or a father of the child, hopefully, who can support her because if she's working hard and if hopefully she doesn't have to do public transportation. But that's why you have such disparities and BMIs amongst the poor because if the mother has to work two jobs and she has to provide healthy food and she has to cook, she's exhausted. And she has a battle with the TV out of the room and the, and the games and the PlayStations out of the bedroom. So she's she's got a battle at the workplace and she has to come home and battle her kids if she wants her kids to be healthy. So right, a, right. a woman still has the lion's share of the day battles and the evening battles, and then she's got to make sure the clothes are laid out at night and every homework is done. And so the mornings are not a battlefield because she's got to get those kids off the school and then get to work. So oh my a, a, a um, woman's job is still hard every morning, every day. Every morning, she, every day. Every and day. We still, uh, oh, my goodness. Child, I hear all that. I still think uh, we're going to wait another 50 years for equal pay. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. And she's still getting 70 oh, to 80 cents oh, on that dollar. Right. It's, it's, oh, it's, it's crazy. So let's, um, without talking politics, let's get slightly political. No. <laughs> Not, I, I just want to um, go back to uh, some of the women we, we spoke about before. Spoke about Harriet Tubman, who is my, oh my gosh, that's just my icon. You know, in our wellness lounge, we actually have a, a picture of um, Harriet Tubman on, I do, on the wall. I love, love that picture. Um, but um, let's, let's speak about uh, just for a moment, if we take a Hillary Clinton and, you know, Oprah, the First Lady, Michelle Obama, uh, even Sarah Palin, let's look at uh, women and what we represent in 2015 and, you know, just the diversity. Even if we don't agree with uh, Hillary Clinton's politics or we don't agree with Sarah Palin's politics or... Uh, who knows, we may not like Oprah, whatever. If we're looking at women now, I think to have this voice for all of us to look at women who are really fighting the battle to have a voice. So if you look at Sarah Palin and all of the controversy around her and, you know, people were saying, oh, my God, she's not too bright. She's not this, that. Well, maybe somewhere in this country, or who knows, in the world, from some little small town, a girl might aspire to be president or vice president who, you know, it may be a little difficult. She may have to go to four schools or five schools, and I'm not, you know, making fun of that. I'm really saying it's hard, so you do what you have to do uh, uh, to push through the battle. And so there is a voice from a Sarah Palin because it offers some diversity with this whole platform. And then you're looking at uh, uh, Hillary Clinton, who, oh my gosh, is constantly fighting the battle, who's in a battle right now, cell phone battle, oh my God. <laughs> is that a small bean or, or is that a big fight? I don't know. But then you're looking at, um, you know, Oprah, Michelle Obama. It's, it's just, to me, it's beautiful 
looking at the diversity that our country represents. I love this country. Although, uh, you know, we've, we've got other major uh, things to deal with, especially race and all of that. But when we look at who's in the forefront of it, uh, it's women who can make a difference. And, and they're all, it's all diverse. Well, What's your thinking well, about that? What do you feel no, about that? No, I'm, I'm grateful that we have that diversity. I think we each have to try. You know, and I'm just grateful. I mean, can you imagine having to risk your life 19 times to free people out of a horrible institution of slavery? So, you know, when I'm reminded and I have to tell parents, you know, your battle is to take a cell phone away, you, you don't have to battle for your child's life. I mean, right. you have ch- children across the world who risk their lives every day to go to school and we think of, you know, the poor child in Pakistan who won the Nobel Peace Prize. She lost her eye. Could have lost her right. in her and her life trying mm-hmm. to go to school. So I'll And the two hundred girls in in uh Nigeria. We Nigeria still don't know where they are. And we still don't know where they are. So our children are blessed and, you know, our battle is but a food justice and so, you know, and poverty, which is which is no easy battle, but it's still, you know, we yet not die over these battles. So, you know, we have it hard, but we could have it harder. So, you know, we keep our eyes on the prize and we know that it's not perfect, but at least we don't yet, we're not Ferguson, thank God, we're not yet dying. Our our poor young men have yet, they lose their lives over these and and our lives do matter, but, you know, we, we have battles to fight, but we have come a long way. And it could be worse. So I'm grateful. For yeah, that. yeah, it could be worse. We have come a long it way. It could be worse. But that. some of the and women I, that I, I just I have, spoke I about, have to remind myself do you think, do you think uh, the women that uh, I just mentioned, uh, with all the diversity uh, that they represent, is this something that we should uh, continue to nurture by um, uh, pushing you know, girls, young girls, not when I say pushing, that's a little, but uh, speaking to young girls and, and speaking to them about, um, you know, leadership and who they are and who they should be looking at, you know, who, right. if you're, if you've got a daughter, I mean, I have two daughters, so, uh, I know that, uh, yeah, we both have daughters, but I'm saying, how do we get them to really understand the leadership or, or quality of life in leadership, and are we looking at the the women that are, are representing us all in 2015 now? I mean, there's some huge, yeah. and there there are many women beyond the four that I mentioned, but uh, this is more politics than anything. They're in the forefront. Um, how do we get our, our girls to aspire to be great leaders and nurture the families uh, that um, you're nurturing every day. Well, I, you know, I, know I, I get Brianna to church every week. I'm, I get her to study and learn history and and pray and, and do my best to that she know from when she comes and the, the struggles that um, others have done before her. Unfortunately, I think our children are comfortable. Um, I know that I am what I am because I've had to struggle. My mother had to struggle. I think Unfortunately, when you don't struggle, you it's not in your bones, it's not in your guts, and so they they expect things will just be handed to them, and I think that's a that's a sad part of being comfortable. Although some children are comfortable and still feel greatly for other people, so hopefully with time they will step up to the plate. That that's my prayer is that they will, you know, 
yet not forget that others struggle and remember. And so hopefully, you know, the book has not been written yet and they will yet step up to the plate. I've seen her help others. I've seen her speak up. So I don't think it's, it's, it's done yet. But, um, right, right. I, I understand. <laughs> so you spoke about about uh, faith. She's not so. as strident speaker as I was at her age, but I haven't closed the book yet. But I, you know, I keep exposing her. I make her read. We read together. We read the paper together on Sundays, and we talk about injustice. And I hope that um, it's in God is written on her heart, and I think it's written in each of our hearts the injustice that we speak and that we see, and that she that she will speak up against it when her time comes. Mm. And I, we just have to pray and continue to expose them and, and hope that they feel. But I think because they have not suffered, because we work so hard to provide um, some of our young people, but there are many, many young people who are stepping up to the plate, and I see them all the time. Right, they I, absolutely I saw, are. I many many young my, girls you know. are, are definitely right. stepping up to the plate. So right. the, the spirituality um, component of our lives, or, or being grounded in faith and, and, and just Spirituality, you know, being uh, uh, connected and, and understanding as women that, uh, or just as human beings, but in this case, uh, uh, for this month, uh, women understanding that there is the spirituality, uh, uh, the spirituality exists within us because we're human beings, and if we're lacking in any way and not connected to that, we can suffer a lot, and especially making decisions, moving forward. What's your thinking about that? Oh, I mean, that, when you read Harriet Tubman's memoirs, that's all she said. She said, that's okay, God got me. That's okay, right. God got me. Every time she made a trip to the South, she risked her life 19 times to rescue her mother, her father, her brother. She brought 350 people back. Every time she knew they could kill her on the spot. That's okay, God got me. She was a nurse. She saved all those people's lives on the battlefield. They didn't, America, the United States never paid her salary. She was a nurse, and she, everybody else got paid, but she didn't get paid. Talk about mm-hmm. income disparity. Never got paid. That's okay, God got me. That's okay, Jesus got me. That's okay, Jesus got me. She said, God gonna pay me. Don't worry about it. Every time. So <laughs> she did what she did because God got me. That's exactly. Okay. God gonna take care of me. She used her faith. And we, any day that I face fear, I think Harriet faced, I don't, I don't face fear. Harriet faced fear. <laughs> what I right. face is an, is an imagination, an illusion in my mind. Because fear is what Harriet faced. <laughs> what I right, faced, right. That's nonsense in, in my mind. Because fear is what Harriet faced. When she took herself into the bowels of the, of the devil and went into the South to rescue people, now that's fear. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And what I, if she took herself on a battlefield and went and, and healed injured men, that's fear. Knowing that she would never be paid a dime, that's fear. And if I get up in the morning and decide that I'm nervous, I'm crazy. That's fear, okay? But well, she faced fear. And anything less than that is not fear. <laughs> so <laughs> I remind myself that Harriet knew fear. So, so I hear you. We, we need to get over it. You know, every day that we're waking that, up and not feeling confident or, you know, uh, it, it, we uh, just need to get over it. Right. I need to get over it because that's an illusion. Harriet faced fear. What I'm facing is an illusion in my mind. Dear God, help me. Because if you help Harriet, you can help me. <laughs> because anything right. less than that is an illusion of my mind. 
because Harriet faced fear. I don't know what this is, but it's not what Harriet faced. And if you can help Harriet, you can help little old me. So let me put one shoe on and the other one and keep going because Harriet knew fear. I don't know what this is, but it ain't what Harriet faced. Okay? She made <laughs> Just a snap. Things happen in here. We, we need right. to really get over it. I we think, need uh, to get a grip. Right. Because Harriet went down there 19 times. Now, that's fear. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, it's so interesting because uh, there were so many women in our history that uh, just um, uh, after the, the Harriet Tubmans of the world, there are many women who have uh, stood up and uh, just decided that, yeah, they would let it go, let go of all the little stuff and and uh, just walk right through it, you know. If there was fear or lack of confidence, they they just got up and walked right through Went it. There. No team, no organization, no, no vote, team, no, no email, no right, Twitter, no organization. Nothing. She just got up. Yeah. Think about women's and... voting rights. You, know, you have to have women uh, uh, empowering mm. other women to be able to eventually vote. Although uh, others came later, African Americans, we came, you know, later, unfortunately. But uh, just you, you had to um, embrace the, I guess, the idea, or women had to embrace the idea of um, there are amazing icon, uh, icons uh, uh, that are. Uh, we we have to follow them. We have to we have to create our own blueprint to follow these amazing women. Right. Right. Oh, and I, follow, I don't know that I follow them, but I'm inspired by them. Inspired so, by them. So, well, yeah. I say follow because basically if I were to uh, think about uh, Harriet Tubman right now, uh, I'm thinking uh, one of the reasons why uh, I'm, you're, you're on this uh, <laughs> phone conversation right now is because you can enlighten women to be, you know, like a Harriet Tubman because you're actually – doing the work in our communities. Uh, so in 2015, I'm sorry, you're my Harriet Tubman, okay? Oh, you're too kind. I don't know. I don't have, I don't know. Thank you. Yeah, you're my Harriet Tubman. Because uh, I want to just uh, what she speak briefly about some of the work that you do, uh, say, in your church or churches in every city just about that you've probably worked, uh, lived in and stayed, you get connected to your church and you roll up your sleeves and you, you start implementing programs for childhood obesity, obesity family, uh, families, and, you know, you're just nurturing communities. You find that community and the community is your church. And that's something that we all need to grab hold of. We need to figure out what community are we nurturing? So we have a wellness lounge. We do pop-ups all over the country, but we have one right here also in New Jersey. But when we pop them up, we're engaging constituents and uh, our constituents trying to let them understand what complementary and alternative integrative medicine and all of that is about. So um, when we return, I I (laughs) heard the music. Uh, I want to just speak about... um, a program or two that you're you're implementing within your community or one that you've done in the past. Okay, we'll return in a moment with Dr. Fried Boone. Stay tuned. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank, thank you. We'll return in a moment. 
live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tong has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You're tuned in to the Wellness Lounge a step further with host Desiree Watson. To find out more about our programs, please visit our website at www.wellnessinteractive.com. That's wellnessinteractive.com. Now, back to the show. Thanks for joining us again. We're speaking with Dr. Pride Boone. And we just have a short time to um, just uh, have you uh, engage with us, Dr. Pride Boone, on, on you know, maybe uh, one of your programs you implemented and where people can find you. Let's start with where they can find you first, and maybe you can highlight a program or two. I'm at St. Peter's Health Partners in Albany, New York. Uh, we have an obesity grant in Troy, New York. Um, St. Peter's Health Partners uh, is a quarter-million-dollar grant. And I'm at Macedonian Baptist Church. I have a program called 01347. It's a weight loss program. Um, it's spiritual-based. It's a program for Lent, and we're losing about two pounds a week, which is going really well. It's a spiritual-based program. Mm-hmm. Um, our website is strongme.org. Um, I have an 800 number, 888. Um, four six uh, four nine five six five five five, but it's strongly.org or St. Peter's HealthPartners.com. I'm in Clifton Park. Excellent. And you're on LinkedIn, and are you? On- I'm on LinkedIn. Yes, Janice Pride Boom. Oh, excellent! Because you you can, uh, I, I believe, uh, you can travel if people want to uh, have you come out as a guest speaker, hire you as a guest speaker, or implement your programs. Yes, and they can always reach me through cities, you. I think. Is that available? Yes. yes. Great. Definitely. So find her on LinkedIn for all the professionals. Or even, you know, if you are part of a congregation or any congregation, she can yes. come in to help you with that. You know, maybe yeah. you're, you're at a church or a mosque or synagogue. You know, she can definitely help you with that. So I mentioned before break that uh, you are our Harriet Tubman. And, and there may be so quite a few Harriet Tubman, you know, around shy. the country, around the world, 
Oh, but yes, right. we that need to too- start looking at that. We need to really look at the women who are out front and make that connection because we always have such short time. You know, we don't have time, I should say. The short time is that, you know, we're constantly working 24-7, and sometimes we forget that we should be connecting with these amazing women that are on the forefront. Wow. That's very, that is very flattering. Thank you, but I can't accept that, but thank you. <laughs> you should accept it. It's in the universe. It's okay. It's in the universe. And we have many oh. Harriet Tubman's out there that are doing work, and they're on you know, the front line. You're a Harvard grad. You're, you're you know, amazing, brilliant, smart. Do you need to be in our communities? Yes, we would say yes, but not every professional feels that way. They don't feel that way. I mean, and it's okay it doesn't mean that they're they're less they're doing less it just means that uh, they're they've decided on uh, you know I'll serve on a boards and I'll do research and I'll do studies and so on that's okay we need that too but when you look at women like yourself who have many options to do so 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 much of not showing up. You have many options. You can be on on the Riviera if you want. Uh, <laughs> you're in our communities fighting the battle with childhood obesity and nurturing families and going to churches and starting programs and uh, training doctors and that. Please, that's um, when I think about it. I'm thinking I, I love Harriet Tubman and. She would, she would come out and go in, come, come out and go back, you know. She constantly did that, and the only difference, I think, now is uh, people like yourself, women like you, you're in it, and you, you're continuously uh, in it. You, you might say, well, my life is not threatened. Well, no, you're saving other lives that are threatened because the, the food is not in the communities. We, we know that, uh, you know, uh, the, the at health risk, all of that. Um, well, thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, she's like, I appreciate it. Thank you. So uh, on that note, um, I just want to thank uh, Dr. Pride Boone again for sharing with us uh, all of these great nuggets. And I think the takeaway for all of us uh, uh, should be to empower women uh, around you, um, including obviously our daughters, but our nieces, our, our moms, our cousins, our next door neighbors, just empower women around you. And if they're not focused on how great we are and how, what we've done in the world, then pull them back in. And, and uh, as Dr. Pride Boone said, read together, pray together, do all those amazing things. So thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Pride Boone. Well, great. I appreciate you having me. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining us this week for the Wellness Lounge. A step further, please tune in next Monday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel or our replay Saturday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel for another great show featuring your host, Desiree Watson. We'll continue to show you how to incorporate a wellness lifestyle and live a better life.